Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to the sixth chapter of Paul's fifth, I'm sorry, (laughs) Moses' fifth book, Deuteronomy. As a Pharisee, Paul probably did have much of the book of Deuteronomy and Isaiah memorized, but it was Moses that wrote it. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1. Hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thine house and upon thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, and <clears throat> vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth <clears throat> out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him, and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods, of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee, and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God, as ye tempted him at Massah. Ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God, and his testimonies, and his statutes, which he hath commanded thee, and... And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to cast out all thine enemies from before thee, as the Lord hath spoken. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and the Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, 
and upon all his household before our eyes, and he brought us out from thence, that he might bring us in to give us the land which he sware unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is, as it is at this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. <clears throat> but I'd like to do something maybe a, a little bit different from what I've done in this pa- on this passage in the past. Uh, some of that too, but then something also a little bit different. So remember that in the last chapter, Moses has just reiterated the Ten Commandments to the people of God that are now that second generation ready to go over into the land. And he is going to press to them in this chapter their responsibility. Twice in this passage at least, maybe a third time, it said that um, it will go well with them if they keep the commandments of God. I don't know how it is that this happens, but it happens all the time. That some people will take that phrase and it will go well with you if you keep my commandments. And they say, you see what God is doing is he's trading well-being for obedience. He's not trading anything. The best obedience of the people of God is worthy of God's eternal wrath. Our best works are imperfect and tainted with sin. And how many sins does it take for us to spend eternity apart from God and under judgment? We might say one, Adam's sin. That's all. So don't think that the Lord is pressing here some kind of second covenant of works or anything strange to Bible doctrine like that. What the Lord is doing is what you parents often do, and that is to encourage to greater obedience. And so when the Lord says, if you keep my commandments, it will go well with you, he doesn't say, if you keep my commandments perfectly, it will go well with you, or if you keep the terms of the covenant of works it will go well with you because Adam didn't and it has already not gone well with us and that can't be undone by any obedience of ours. Okay, so that's the first thing I want to mention. So the Lord is offering here encouragements to obedience like a good father. He speaks to them as his children, not as to rebels in Adam. Let's remember that. But the second thing that he does is he presses to the people of God the importance of family worship. We heard this from Dr. Beakey yesterday. The importance of family worship. We press that here. I was telling the elders this morning that one of the things that greatly encouraged me yesterday is we did not hear anything other than what we normally hear on a regular basis here. And this is a wonderful thing that that we might do what the Apostle Paul did, right? That he, when he met with the elders in Jerusalem, they found that they had the same doctrine. We met folks that we'd never met before. And what did we find from them? You know what? They read the same book we do. Praise the Lord that he would lead his people in such a unity of thought with regard to his word. So we heard that from Dr. Beakey yesterday, that family worship is important. It was important to the Puritans. It's important to us as well. 
And there are times here where family worship is enjoined at the beginning and then at the end of the chapter. Now, fathers, mothers, I want to press that to your conscience, that this is something that the Lord requires of you. You are the primary teachers of your children, the things of the Lord. You know that, you hear that. And we all, uh, as James will tell us, as you know, being in authority, we all sin and fall short in many ways. Yet, the, the standard doesn't change, the responsibility doesn't change because of our ability or inability to keep it. If we don't have a standard, we don't have anything to shoot for. Beloved, what's the standard that we spend time daily in the scriptures with our families? It can't be any other way than that. If you fail, get up, dust yourself off, and ask the Lord for greater strength. Don't despair and stop. The standard doesn't change. Be encouraged that the Lord promises that blessing along with that. And take that encouragement from your heavenly Father who desires and and sets the table not for your accusation and grief, but for your success, beloved. He is all about strengthening you to those duties. All right, with that then, let me turn to something that I haven't done in a while. Let me turn to you children. Did you hear your responsibility in family worship? It was pressed to you as well, children. And it was pressed in two different ways. The first way it's pressed is to be receptive to your parents when they teach you about the Lord. Okay? But the second way is that you are from your proper place as children in your parents' house, that you are also to bring family worship up. You ask your parents questions. When was the last time, children, during the course of the day, you have asked your mother or your father, Daddy, Mommy, tell me about Jesus. Tell me about the gospel. Why do we do this and not that? Why is it that, that, that we keep all of these things? Notice, what does it say? And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean these testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you, my parent? You hear that? Children, you have a responsibility for family worship. And I will tell you this as a parent, that sometimes we let the difficulties that surround family worship get the better of us. And we don't do family worship as we should because it becomes too much trouble. And a part of the reason it becomes too much trouble, children, is we discourage our parents sometimes with our behavior in family worship. Now, parents, that should not deter us. We know that. But children, you should never be a detriment, a difficulty for family worship. You should always be, listen to me carefully, an enthusiastic supporter of your parents when they say to you, let us sit down and read the scriptures and pray and sing unto the Lord. It should, be, it should cause your heart to leap that you have parents that care so much for you that they would press to you the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't ever take that for anything less than it is a wonderful grace from the Lord. Oh, children, please remember 
that you have counterparts across this world that grow up never hearing a word about Jesus Christ unless his name is used as a cursing in the mouth of their parents. Remember that. And remember the great blessing. And come to your parents during the day and ask them, Mom, Dad, why do we do these things? Why are we coming to family worship again? Tell me again. Reinforce that once again. Why do I need to hear it over and again? And your parents will lovingly say to you, Because, my child, I and you are liable to forget. We're weak. And we need daily reinforcement from the Lord. We need a daily bite. A daily meal from his word. And it is my duty, son, daughter, to be that first line of instruction to you. And to teach you the ways of the Lord. Remember what the psalmist writes. Come near my children. And I will teach you the things of the Lord. So it is not just the parents that have a responsibility. It is the children also that have a responsibility. And children as you grow and develop in maturity. That responsibility only grows with you. Doesn't it? And so when your parents ask you, or when they call you to come and sit and let's read and let's sing and let's pray, don't roll your eyes. Don't do anything that would discourage that precious gift, that precious thing that your parents are about to give you. Oh, don't do anything that would cause them to hesitate another moment. Right? Isn't that what Moses is pressing to the people of God here? Isn't that maybe an overview? The beginning and the ending of the passage. When you rise up, lie down, walk by the way. He's not telling you to wear a little thing on your hand with Bible verses on it. He's not telling you to mount something on your door with Bible verses on it. He's not telling you to strap it to your forehead. He's saying when you come in and you go out, you make use of that for the kingdom of God. When you think... You make use of that for the kingdom of God. When you work with your hands, you make use of that for the kingdom of God. And here I am in a reading gone to preaching because I don't get to preach today. (laughs) You understand what we mean. Moses presses these things to the people of God for their good, that it would go well with them. In the middle of the chapter, between those two things, I'll have to be quick here. I want to give Mr. Suarez his due, time-wise. In the middle of that, ye shall not go after other gods, the gods of the people which are round about you. Why do you think that's in the middle, like the cream in an Oreo cookie? You're supposed to remember that, that those two things on the outside, they protect that commandment in the middle. Right? If you're diligently rising up and talking of the things of the Lord when you, when you lie down, rise up, walk by the way, through your door, in your mind, on your hand. If you're doing that, if you're asking your parents questions, if you sandwich, ye shall not go after other gods with those two protective cookies on the outside, then the cream in the middle will be much more delicious, won't it? I will never go after other gods. Why? 
because I have these protective things on the outside. I, I rise up and I lie down with the Lord. My parents instruct me. They teach me. They keep me in that way. And parents, don't we all who have conducted family worship for any length of time recognize it keeps us in the way too, doesn't it? Well, beloved, this wonderful statement of monotheism here, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There are no other gods. How will we be sure to follow that one God? Here's something God has given you. Remember it when you rise up, when you lie down, when you walk by the way. Ask questions. Worship together. Be a Christian family. And that will be one of the greatest hedges against apostasy that God has given you. Okay? Let's stand and continue.